What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. Hope you're having a great day. And so glad you joined us for Say Yes to Spirit. So, who are you? My name is Tracy, and who are you? <laughs> I'm Leslie. And for over four years, we've been coming together to remind ourselves to say yes to spirit. Who we are. To explore what is life like when you say yes to spirit. And every week we have a theme, and we pick a theme just to get us started, because what we know is absolutely true is that everything is connected. <laughs> everything is connected to spirit. But instead of starting every time we come together with, hey, everything is connected <laughs> to spirit, we choose a theme. And this week our theme is conflict. Now, some of you are going, wait a minute, conflict, <laughs> spirit, trust me, it always works out. But before we get into our theme for this time, we always try to connect the dots with our most recent theme. And our most recent theme was limitation. So um, you hear the connect the, the dots theme music in the background. And uh, what do you... What does Leslie have to say about the connection between limitation and conflict? Um, right now I'm thinking about that theme song from like Pavlov's dog. It kind of gets me excited to do this thing. But I like that theme music. Um, conflict and limitations. You know, clearly, for me, it seems when I am feeling limited that I am in conflict with the truth of who I am. And um, when I'm in conflict with the truth of who I am, I see myself as limited. So that seems to be a bit like a a circle eight kind of thing, that one creates the other, the other creates the one, and neither one apparently would be me living in the truth of who I am. So that uh, so let's let's talk all the time about us not living in the truth of who we are. Which but, is why uh, we have to remember to say yes to spirit. <laughs> to leapfrog us out of conflict and out of the false belief of limitation. Yes, right, right. So there it is, that they uh, they feed each other in a uh, less than spiritual uh, uh, truth. I think they feed one another, conflict and limitation. So is it the same? Oh, we'll talk about that because we're <laughs> going to talk about conflict. Okay, so um, great. That's our connect the dots. And uh, we're going to take a one-minute break, and then we will jump back in and talk about conflict on Say Yes to Spirit.
And we're back on Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. So, so glad you have joined us. Our theme for today is conflict. And um, if you got to us by way of the website, you already know that the question that we'll start with, maybe, is if you say yes to spirit, you never have any conflict with anyone ever again, right? Of course, that's not correct. However, by staying grounded in the spiritual truth, you can navigate conflict differently. So let's start with the question, though, because I think some people, even hearing that the theme conflict on the show called Say Yes to Spirit, would be like, that's crazy. If you say yes to spirit, you can have no conflict. And I'm, I absolutely don't agree with that assumption. <laughs> so now I, I, I feel the need to, you know, agree with it if you're going to not agree with it. Well, that's you. <laughs> that's your responsibility and choice. But, I mean, in theory, in theory, the premise would be true. If I'm 100% remembering the truth of who I am, then I wouldn't. Don't look at me like I'm a crazy person. Um, I wouldn't kind of experience conflict. I might see conflict happening outside of me and be aware, oh, there is discord here amongst the human experiment. But I wouldn't experience it as conflict. I would experience it as sort of like a movie or as a kind of a, 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 a something interesting to watch. It's when I bite the hook, so to speak, that I engage in the conflict. We talked once before about the idea that, you know, there's hooks all around. There's people in my life that might be throwing out hooks for me to bite. And it's when I bite is when the conflict comes in. I have the choice whether or not I think I have the choice whether or not I'm engaging in conflict or whether I'm kind of standing outside of that little melodrama and saying, oh, that's interesting. Oh, because I do that. Oh, that's a crazy person. And uh, not biting the hook. But once I bite the hook, then I can experience conflict. But that biting the hook, I see as my choice. So in a strange way, if I'm in conflict, I see it as my choice. So you're saying conflict inherently exists in the human experiment. That's my new phrase. I'm going to trademark it. If I hear someone else say human experiment, I'm going to say it with me first. We are spiritual beings having a human experiment. Not a human experience. It's an experiment. Like a Petri dish. Okay. Go ahead. What do you think, Tracy? (laughs) I'm interested. Go ahead. Well, does it inherently exist? So, or does the experience of it inherently it just have to happen? I know that. So it, yeah, it's it it is no surprise <laughs> to me after like four years quick, of doing this show that we probably should always start with. And how do you define this? And how do you define ah, it? Because it's like work. <laughs> yeah. So when I say the word conflict and conflict exists, I'm simply talking about the fact that you can't have people 
you can't have two people who always agree or are always on the same page, and that's the existence of conflict. So as I was listening to you, your definition of being in conflict and emotional, it's like conflict is a just a (laughs) word. There's no such thing as just word. So when I say yes, conflict, when I said conflict, if you believe, if you say yes to spirit, you never have conflict with anyone ever again. The reason I say that silly is because we're always in situations where there is conflict, but it's how my saying yes to spirit helps me navigate that, Mm -hmm. that doesn't have me feeling emotionally drained or fearful or suspicious or doubtful. Um, There are two examples that are in my mind that just came to mind. One of them was I was uh, coaching someone this week through or around a situation where she actually, the conflict exists between her and another person and she was in conflict and so caught up in the conflict and feeling miserable and feeling embarrassed and feeling upset and feeling you know (laughs) having a lot of feelings Mm -hmm. but when she got grounded you know I did a treatment and we had a conversation and as she got grounded in the spiritual truth it changed her way of Dealing with the existing conflict, two people, very different needs, experiences, demands, and expectations to, wait a minute, if I looked at this as a business transaction, if I looked at this as just this is happening and this is happening, this person A needs and wants this, person B needs and wants this, I can see a very clear path as soon as I start Asking, but how do I feel about that? Or, oh, she'll be taking advantage of me. Or, oh, that's not fair. Then the emotions kick in and the behavior that isn't healthy kicks in because I feel like I have to fix it. I have to demand. I have to be seen a certain way. I have to win. And I have to win, actually. It was a part of it in this scenario. (laughs) And it's like, okay, so where's your faith? Where's divine order? Where is the good that's going to come out of what you're thinking about doing versus what you clearly said is the sensible, logical, practical, safe way of dealing with it. And so so the conflict between two people existed. And it, and part of the time she was embroiled in an emotional response and part of the time when she stepped away and had a faith-based response, there were two very different responses. And when you started off your example, you said if she looked at it like a business transaction. And that, to me, interestingly enough, might be a softer way to enter in for a conversation with people who don't have a really seat spiritual understanding of how life works because, you know, of course, I have that deep understanding of how life works but um, if I if I look at it like you said as a business transaction that takes the emotion out of it and I guess either 
either language, trying to get the emotion out of it. When I'm working with the women in the jail and there, you know, there could be no more um, obvious potential for conflict than when a guard has total control over your life and, you know, you're warming your coffee for the morning and the guard says, take that out now. And you don't have the option to leave it in the next 20 seconds to get it warm. And you're expected to, you know, at that second comply with that moment, with that request. You know, there's just innate conflict all over the place in those scenarios. And to help the women take the emotion out of it and accept what the kind of, what the circumstance is. And to, I'm always trying to language it with them in terms of helping them understand that it's something they can learn from, not to give the power over to the guard, that they have the power to take the coffee. I, I'm not going to have warm coffee now because that bastard Um I try to look at it as, oh, here's an opportunity to see what it's like when I, you know, just go, okay, and take the coffee out and, and don't bite that hook. Isn't that the you know the worst thing to say to someone when they're in that emotional kind of upswing? Oh, it's an opportunity. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna hit you now. Not if you're but, within um, arms reach. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it yeah and I like that idea that I'm in that emotional swing up. And I think for me it's how far up do I get before I remind myself, oh, that's my choice. I don't have a choice whether or not to take my coffee. I mean, I do ultimately. But, you know, at the end of the day, if I don't want to have a huge consequence, really a, not a good choice is not getting the coffee out. You know, so so the idea is I'm going to be compliant because I want to ultimately stay in this program and I ultimately want to, you know, not be in single cell for a day. So that's really not a choice. So I'm my only choice really is how far do I let my emotion ride up before I say, oh, this is no big deal. You know, how sad for her that she has such a limited small life that she has to pick on me. You know, all these things, these tricks in my head that I play, putting the other person down, making them stupid in my head, you know, making them foolish, thinking they're not very happy. So, you know, these tricks I play, putting the other person down so that I can feel superior, my ability not to, you know, rise up against them. Please tell me you're not <laughs> teaching other people to do that. But it works, you know. Works. Oh, my God. You must clearly be so screwed up to have to be saying that. So I'll comply because I'm clearly the superior person. I think it works. You don't think it works? And not, it's not whether it works or not. <laughs> I just hope you're not teaching other people to do that. So if I was saying yes to spirit in that moment, I might say, you know, in Al-Anon or 12-step programs, you're talking about people being earth people that don't work 12-steps. You know, there's those of us who work the 12 steps, and clearly we're superior human spirits, and uh, then there are earth people that don't know about the 12 steps that we pray for. And so when they're acting out, you know, 12 step people will say, oh, you know, there's another earth person. And so we have to have, you know, pity of the earth person. Am I making it sound any better? No, of course. Okay, then. But it is an effective tool. But if I, I suppose if I, then spirit, spirit, spirit would just say, you know, that person struggled. Would that be the spirit struggling? Struggling clearly. If if you're if you're demanding something of me that's you know quote unquote doesn't have to be demanded. You know, the officer could easily say, 
once your coffee's warm, take it out of there and remember the microwave closes at eight. And if you had a clock here in the pod and you could tell that it was eight o'clock, then you would know that, but clearly you don't. So there'd be other ways that could be framed. But so if somehow I've got to remind myself that the conflict comes when I engage, when I bite that hook, when I get the emotional swing all the way up, that's when conflict is. If I can. And so, yeah, so, so we'll keep going back to that because I see the conflict at the base. You say it's not conflict until it has escalated. Right. And, and, and so that's, we're talking about conflict from two very different places. It, for me, if there's a difference that there is, uh, there are different needs or there are different expectations, the existence of conflict is there. What happens then is either guided by spirit and your connection with spirit or not. But as you're describing here, what I'm... What I'm hearing you say is that in your your interpretation of it is that it's not conflict until it has escalated. Right. It depends on how I respond. It either creates the conflict or keeps it at, I would just say, a a benign moment. Right. And my interpretation is that conflict exists as soon as you have different people with different needs or expectations. Oh! Because I don't have that emotional side (laughs) conflict. It's what I do in the conflict that either resolves it or transforms it or, um, you know, that my choices are what to do about it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I could arc up and escalate the conflict and escalate the conflict and escalate the conflict. Or I can basically make a choice and turn away from the conflict or have a conversation that transforms the base level conflict, the disagreement, the misunderstanding into shared meaning so that the conflict isn't there at all. Oh, that's like a diversity trainer. Well, into shared meaning. I like that. That's a good word. Shared meaning. What if the other person is an earth person and can't think as deeply as I do? Well, doesn't have the capacity to be a spiritual. The way that I believe in spirit is that Every person is 100% spirit expressing. So, so I I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. a person that wouldn't have the ability to. Well, because it's not just my way of seeing the world. So a different example, um, another conversation I had with a different person this week, um, who would absolutely uh, describe that at the beginning of our conversation, she was in major conflict with her boss at work and was considering writing a letter of resignation and quitting her job because of her conflict (laughs) with her boss. And uh, the conflict exists. Yes, there was an inciting incident this week every week, but this week. Um, but the conflict exists because they really are two different people with two different ways of working, with two different ideas about what it takes to get results 
at a certain quality level. They have some shared experiences around, um, you know, commitment and and the and the organization they work for, the mission, and all of that. And they have really shared expectations around quality. Mm-hmm. Like they they both, in their own way, would end up at the same place and say, "This is good work. This is good work." But the way they get there is very different. Mm-hmm. And uh, the demands of the boss, like the demands of a guard, of the guard in your example in the prison or in the jail, um, you know, is based in power mm-hmm. and based in, you know, I'm used to being right, so what I say goes. Mm-hmm. And that the base level conflict is there. Of course, when we were having this conversation, yes, it had escalated to a point where she was really emotionally driven, and she had bitten the hook. And well, just the situation—you work with someone every day—it it, it escalated. But her choosing to respond differently and to see it differently doesn't change the fact that there is conflict. In that workplace, there is conflict between the two of them and probably always will be because Ah. they're different, Ah. but she doesn't have to hate him. She doesn't have to yell and scream. She doesn't have to do anything. She can't change him, Mm -hmm. but she can see what is happening in that situation that actually is a reflection of who she is, what she wants. And she can look for what's good in it and stay there and not demand. She can demand respect. She can demand how people can treat her, all of that. We all can do that, the boundaries. And she can't change who he is. So as long as she works there, the conflict exists, but she doesn't have to engage with the conflict at a level of emotion or at a level of um, believing what he says is better than what she says, because that then creates a different power dynamic. And now that you say that, I'm wondering if the concept of conflict going up that scale is when I get in my mind, there's a winner and a loser, that when I'm, when I think if I take this coffee cup out of this microwave right now, then the guard wins. If I language it in my mind that way, <clears throat> if I do what my boss wants me to do, then she or he wins. Then I put myself in that victim stance, and then I am going to, you know, take all my clothes off and scream on the floor because I want to win, right? And then it brings up all the times in my life when I didn't win. And by God, I'm going to win this time. You know, I might not have won last time, but this is the time. I'm suiting up. I'm going to win. And I think that's really profound, too. I'm so profound. But you bring in all those past losses, you know? It, right. It's, it's not, not at all. It's not just one it's conversation right. comment. It is every time someone right. has done this right. in the past. Right. And I do that a lot with the women. I try to look at just, you know, what's the face value of what's happening. She wants you to take the coffee out. Take the coffee out. Who cares? Big deal. You know, but we're attaching Every time I gave up my choice to do what I wanted to do, every time I let that son of a gun take control of my life, you know, there's so much history that comes into each experience. If each experience 
because I really believe this, if each experience was standing on neutral ground, there really would not be any conflict. We would be able to resolve it. You know, there would be a, a, a natural sort of organic, oh, okay, oh, okay, let me hear your son, let me hear my son. Oh, no, I'm, oh, that's not okay. Right, but it would be a natural kind of thing. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be um, energized. And so that must be, you know, why I get so energized, right? Because I have so much creative baggage. <laughs> Nobody has baggage like Leslie. <laughs> Leslie loves her love baggage. Right. I know. I, 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 I put no name on it. What do you call it? People do um, scrapbooking. I scrapbook my baggage. <laughs> like, Leslie has no interest in actually leaving her baggage no, or no. letting the airline reroute her baggage to somewhere else in Don't the world. Don't lose my baggage. Who would I be? What would I do? Oh, my goodness. How could I live? I wouldn't know what to wear. <laughs> but I think that conflict that I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. Yeah, and I guess when yeah, that's actually really great because when I think about saying yes to spirit, then and and living my life won. in a way that represents that I have said yes to spirit one. I've already won. Yes. Right. <laughs> First, I've already won. Second, it's not about me and you anyway, because yes. you are spirit expressing right. in, in your way. Right. I am spirit expressing in my way, and spirit always wins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for someone from a more traditional Christian background, that question, you know, what would Jesus do? Right. is a really, really powerful question in general. But it's a really powerful question in a case where you're experiencing disagreement or miscommunication or conflict with someone because it's it makes you ask completely different questions and make completely different choices to be like, okay, well, number one, I really un- want to understand if I can where you're coming from or why you're demanding such a thing, if I can, and if it's not appropriate for me to ask those questions or to seek the understanding, saying yes to spirit, then I assume positive intent. Mm -hmm. And it's always about what do I do? And am I behaving in a way that represents God-based, behavior, God-based love, God-based joy, God-based peace, I am the one who has to or gets to choose whether my behavior represents that. And, you know, I love to uh, ponder if I'm thinking of if Jesus said it or if I just, you know, had heard it as a folklore and I've attached it to Jesus. But did Jesus say something about turning the other cheek? Is that Jesus? The Bible says. The Bible was was the wasn't Jesus something the Bible says. I only really like the part in the Bible that Jesus said. Oh, never mind. But the idea that if Jesus had said it, but I I I kind of think about turning the other cheek from a human experiment standpoint. My human mind that seems intolerable. Someone slapped me. I am not going to turn the other cheek and let them slap me again. That's the ultimate loss. That's the ultimate putting myself down for someone else to 
take victory over, so to speak. But if I'm really fully remembering who I am, then whatever the metaphoric slap is, you know, I don't have to be harmed by that. That you know, it's 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 not. It doesn't have power over me. So the, I guess the idea of turning the other cheek to me seems so powerful because it seems like that is me ultimately being, you know, more seep to my spirit. Do you sense a need for me to be the ultimate winner? Well, I was, I was just going to say, but then I'm still winning because I'm the more I'm spiritual better. one. Yeah. You know, I this this has been coming up a lot this year in a lot of our conversations um, in, in a way that I, I guess I didn't I've always known that I haven't talked about as much in an in in a conscious way about all the lessons learned by growing up during the civil rights movement. Yeah, you know it's it's so fascinating mm-hmm. to me that it, it, with this topic of conflict, disagreement, unfair treatment, the lessons taught were so much about yes you know of course if you think back to the civil rights movement or you know the videos about it or the you know seeing the you know people who were protesting having the dog sicked on them or the fire hose you know sprayed at them or being spit on or all of you know being beat and of course being lynched all of those things And the lesson always taught was, one, yes, you protect yourself as much as possible. And, you know, you do set clear boundaries in advance when you can. Um, But when uh, communities would be talking, especially in church communities, the lesson was people can do whatever they do. White people can do whatever they do to you because of the color of your skin, but you still are responsible to God. Right. And so, so the real power was laid within the. And so, you know, I don't necessarily agree with all of the message that your reward will come when you get, you know, after you die up in the sky, you know, no. when you get to heaven. But the but the framework of that, the foundational part of that, that truly your actions are between you and God, that if there is any judgment to be made of the other person, that's between them and God. Karma. And, and if it's your actions, that's between you and God. So reacting in a way that's the self-defense. Mm-hmm. Is one thing, but being the aggressor or being the revenge seeker, so you know, is not okay because that is not of God. God says treat all people with love, that everyone is your neighbor. You know, you could go through the list of all the ways it was framed that yes, you are valuable. You are a human being. You are equal in God's sight. And and so, you know, even in quote-unquote winning, even in having all of your civil rights respected, then you don't turn around and then treat other people the way you've been treated. 
because God wouldn't do that. God believes everyone is equal and everyone is loved equally as they are. So, so the idea, so that also for me probably is part of the seed of why for me conflict is going to exist because you have different kinds of people, not necessarily by race or sexual orientation or religion. I mean, how many conflicts in our world are based on people from different religions trying to prove their religion is right or best? It's crazy. (laughs) So conflict exists. Yes, go ahead. So I'm thinking now I'm understanding my definition of that level is just differences exist. I wouldn't use the word conflict for that level. That's where I go off the trail with you. Mm-hmm. Those are differences, and the conflict only arises when we then do something emotional to the difference or react emotionally to the difference instead of seeing it as a difference. And, you know, when you look at the civil rights movement, when you look at the big picture of that, I mean, clearly the white people look like the idiots, right? Because their behavior was clearly wrong. And you, you yeah, a lot of people that don't agree with you even today oh, with that statement. Stupid. Um, <laughs> because you have to you be right. <laughs> I, have to be I right. am deeply steeped in spirituality. I mean, we not established that. And uh, the the you know when I look at those. And I hear the stories, and I love going to movies about true stories about that. And watching these, I mean, you know, these are walk on water kind of spiritual people, the black leaders that would keep that integrity, keep that sense of truth of who they were, admits the dogs, admits the hoses, admits the loot. That to me is walk on water kind of spiritual life. And I think what that says to me is when we look at the big picture, Hopefully, anyone that has any spirituality, it will come out, ultimately, the strength and the power of love will always be seen as that in the big picture. In the moment, it might seem like weakness if somebody is allowing, quote unquote, this to happen to them. But in the big picture of looking at it, the strength, the inner strength that it takes to do that, I think, is always ultimately celebrated. I hope they're right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we can, you know, we can look. I took that's one example that's powerful because it's it's you know historical, and and there's been a lot written and viewed and talked about it, and we still have that kind of thing happening, you know, in the 21st century Ugh. between groups of people. So. We don't learn heal. <laughs> well, we don't heal it. We don't learn. Um, and then you know, but when I think about it in in everyday life, it just seems like there's so much more interpersonal conflict than ever before. And and I don't mean to imply that I have some Pollyanna view that you know there was ever a time when there wasn't conflict between individuals, the pilgrims. Um, they all along. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Till they but, you know, it's like every, it's always been there, but it just seems like in, in 21st century society, we actually promote it. 
So maybe it is that winner loser kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is that um, you know kind of rank order. You know, the U.S. has to be seen as the world mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. You know, the richest com- country, the best country, the best military country. It's like really, it's like our culture feeds that one up kind of mentality. But when you say yes to spirit, you can't live that one-up mentality. And I like the concept that I just came up with. It's differences and not conflict initially. And that goes right into your diversity idea that, that you know, the differences should be celebrated. It, it, it's the differences that make the pattern of the quilt you know, interesting. If we were all the same thread then we would just be ising God, and that's why the experiment was set off, because there's no fun in just ising all the time. So we're all different threads, and that difference is what makes it interesting and is to be celebrated. But the human mind, the human mind sees the difference and says, ooh, that's not like me. Ooh, I have to control, command, demand, take power over, make others think as I think. And that then invites conflict. If I could celebrate the difference at the base level and just say, oh, that is really interesting. Oh, look at that flower. That flower is very different than me. That's beautiful. We make a more beautiful garden because it's pink and I'm yellow. But, you know, I'm looking at that flower going, well, why is it pink? And in my mind, I'm thinking, that's a beautiful pink. Oh, I wish I was pink. I have to get the flower now so that I can only be the yellow one. Why am I using that word all the time? But it's a really interesting concept because I think that is really what happens. On some level, I'm either jealous or want to be pink or think that pink is thinking they're better than I am or I'm giving some, some, uh, you know, some, uh, I'm attaching some story to the pink. And then I'm, Fighting. Oh, this is really deep. Are you ready? I think we should do a drum roll. So the conflict ultimately is just in my head. You're just being a pink flower. I don't know what you're doing. You're just being a pink flower. And I'm attributing all sorts of stuff to your pinkness in my head. I'm creating the conflict. You're just being you. You don't know that you're pink. You're just being you. And I create this conflict. And then, ooh, now I'm suddenly... The person throwing the bait out and the person eating the bait, the hook. I'm the person throwing the hook out and the person biting the hook. That is profoundly deep. It's just all in my head. Is that too deep for you to even process? <laughs> that I'm the person throwing the hook out and the person biting the hook? So in Byron Katie's work, I mean, I think that's the foundation of I think that's the foundation of the work because the first question in the work is, is that true? True. Right? So is that true that this pink flower flower thinks it's better than you? Of course it's true. It's what I know. (laughs) Did the pink flower say that to you? Well, no. Like the pink flower was was reaching out for more sunlight. Clearly, they thought it was better than me. That's right. That's right. And all of it is story in um, my head, in Landmark, in the forum. I mean, that's, you know, one of the core lines. (laughs) It's all a story. We make it all up. Yeah, that's interesting. And um, 
And I think, you know, in our human interactions with other people every day, back and forth and back and forth, there's so much of that is the culture's story that has become a part of what's in our mind. So uh-huh. we don't all end up, we, we all make it, we make it all up, but we make it all up not just from our own individual story writing. We watch commercials, we watch TV shows, yes. we went to school for 12 years, at, you know, for most of us at least. And, uh, you know, all along the way, we've become indoctrinated with, Here's what's true. Here's what's good, and here's what's bad. Mm-hmm. Here's what's right. Here's what's wrong. This kind of bilateral dichotomous. It's either A or B. When in reality, it's A through Z. Everything mm-hmm. in between. But we have to learn a story. We have to learn a way of being for the culture to work, for our state to work, for our company where we work. To work, and so you have all these rules, all this data in your mind all the time, and that's what's making up the story. But the story is creating a conflict. I guess is my new theory. If I didn't have the story, I wouldn't be in conflict. Well, would you say that would be true. Well, I wouldn't say it would be true because because you can't agree with me. No, because <laughs> I fundamentally believe that. Conflict exists. It's the same conversation we have about um, being human ah, and divine. Yes. So it's yes. like, for for my perspective, we have to be human. If we're having a human experience, we are a spiritual being having a human experience. So part of the human experience is doing certain things and experiencing certain things and navigating those. And when that experience or experiment, as you were using today, Mm -hmm. is time for that to end, our physical body dies, but the essence of who we are continues. So, So in that sense, that's the only, I mean, we're saying basically the same thing, except that our base assumption about, the relationship is different, so and that's okay. So for it makes me, it fun. <laughs> for me, it's okay. I don't have any. I don't have oh. that that thing of I've got to be right about it. You don't that, know. You don't leave the show going clearly. I'm smarter. I said better yeah. things than Tracy than us did. You don't. That an inner your no, it's, it's like so. Just not even a part of who I am. I keep notes. Um, here's an idea see because I was just thinking because if we agreed on everything it would be quite a boring show and then I thought that's kind of why God created the human experience experiment because it was boring because it was just total agreement total love total white light total ising and that was so boring God created this opposite to you know make it more fun Opposite. So I have a different question, um, and that is when you were doing the the um, connect the dots, mm-hmm. you said something that triggered 
this in me. And I've been so good. I've waited like 45 wow. minutes before going there. Pointing out today. Sicily. So this idea of conflict, what, and mostly up till now, we've been talking about conflict existing between two people. Right. Or between within two groups. Or within myself. But, so that's where I want to go for the uh, next 10 minutes. What yeah. about when the conflict is simply within me? I mean, I seem to be in conflict with myself. I don't want to have another drink. I don't want to drink anymore, but I have to have this one drink. I can control it. Or I believe in the unlimited bounty of the world, and I can have everything that anything that I want. <laughs> And I'm in conflict with myself because I either don't think I'm really worthy or I clearly don't really believe that because of the way I'm living. I mean, like, what is it about conflict within myself? I don't have to look at you or anyone else I come into contact with. Mm -hmm. And I can feel like I'm in conflict with between my values and my behavior or my beliefs and my actions. So you're asking what causes that? The human experiment. Well, I'm just asking <laughs> what that, I mean, we're talking about conflict mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and saying yes to spirit. And to me, that's the, if I'm remembering who I am, then I'm not going to have that conflict. And, it, you know, and also, because I'm really into the inner child work with myself and my own trauma recovery and trying to nurture myself through my thoughts of self-hate or self-butchering, that is such an interesting image, isn't it? That seems deeper than self-hate, self-butchering. Oh, my God. Anyway, so if I'm kind of working my inner child work and being loving and kind and um, understanding of my own inner strife or inner struggle, little Leslie is struggling, so I'm going to come in and love on her and nurture her and reassure her and make sure she knows she's safe, then, then I'm kind of taking away the need to act out and drink or the act out and self-abuse or the act out and do something self-destructive if I can remind myself how precious I am and how scared I am and be my own consoler, so to speak. And I think that inner conflict for me arises when I give when I give um, power over to the trauma or over to the then, then I'm acting out of fear or out of anxiety. And that's when I have to drink or have to self-abuse or have to self-destruct to soothe. Because I think the drinking and the self-abusing, certainly the self-abusing for me, I never can do it with alcohol. I wanted to for a while. It never worked with me. I threw up too much. But um. It was the self-abusing, and, and ultimately that was soothing. And it would seem very self-destructive, but the self-destructiveness was soothing to me. So what I was seeking was to be soothed. And that's, you know, crazy. Looking from the outside in. It's completely reasonable within my mind. <laughs> so a lot of people um, see all the images in 
in our in society and in the media about what it looks like or what it means to be attractive and you know they're looking at models that are look focus on women for a moment you know looking at models that are size zero and size one and you know if they're size five they're modeling you know plus size clothing it's like crazy and the you know typical American woman is wears a size fourteen, sixteen, and so um, you know that inner conflict of this is what I, this is oh I'm looking through the magazine, look at all these beautiful women, and then I look in the mirror, and I don't see myself as beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's the inner conflict. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that that kind of thing, it just, it's interesting to me, this idea, if I say yes to spirit and I believe that I am, um, I am made in the spiritual and likeness of God, I am made by God to be in this body, and so this body is good. I mean, it's like, I'm saying yes to spirit, to be grounded in accepting who I am and loving who I am and how I am, as long as I'm doing healthy things. Now, obviously, it's because I the conflict plays out. If I'm seeing all these images and seeing myself as a size 14 or 16, and I'm not working out, you know, and now I'm a size 18 or 20, but I never work. I never work out, and I figure I can never be a size three anyway. So I, I might as well eat like eight times a day or constantly. That's, I mean, that's how the conflict shows up. It, Through self-destructive behavior. Well, that's how the conflict shows up because I'm in conflict. I not loving myself. Right. I'm not able to be what I see in the magazine. And so I'm playing out the conflict that way. It has nothing to do with any one individual or group that I'm interacting with. But if I say, wait, I am perfectly made and and I'm exercising and I'm eating, not perfectly, but I'm eating reasonably healthy, and I see that I'm a size 14 or a size 16, then, wow, I can love myself because I'm taking care of myself. I'm the best I can be um, in a reasonable way. I'm healthy and I love myself, those kinds of things. So I don't know. I just think we, there's so much of the conflict we experience, the unhealthy conflict that we experience, our, our response to conflict when it's internal, it happens more than we realize. And whether or not we're seeing the truth of who we are and self-soothing in a positive way will become destructive in our self-soothing attempts. And then the conflict just gets bigger. I think you agree with that. I think you should just go ahead and say you do, whether you feel like you do or not. Oh, I wasn't even considering whether I agree or not. I was just thinking, what does that make me think of? Because, again, I... You're not thinking the way about right or wrong or good or bad. Winning, losing, keeping notes. Yeah. Doesn't occur. Yeah. And maybe that's why I experience a lot less conflict in my life. Lately, I when I do experience, um, when when I do react to 
to the conflict rather than respond to the difference. It's um, pretty nice. Ooh, ooh, I was just thinking that. That's what I was just about to say. I was like, do not get in and step in that. The wrath of Tracy Brown, if you do step in. Yeah, I bet you win most of the time in human form. <laughs> I would just run scared. Yeah, it, it takes a lot. It does take a lot for me to uh, step away from the grounding. When I'm dealing with other people, and, and I can only think of one or two major... To destroy the other situation. <laughs> no, actually, I was thinking of one of one example where really it's, um, it, it turns back on me because, yeah. yeah. But, I yeah, I can think of maybe one or two <laughs> situations where it was like, okay, no, this line will not be crossed. We're going here. I'm going to close maybe the door. Maybe that what you just made me I think of, you. though, is um, how often because of a difference or a disagreement, I'm pretty good about establishing boundaries. Mm-hmm. Not so much always in advance, but when situations occur. I'm pretty pretty good <laughs> about saying, okay, this is not okay with me, and this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I would like you to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it from a place of power. I'm uh, power over. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm just letting you know, this is... <laughs> What you can expect this from me. This is my box. Yeah. Right. This is what you can expect from me. Yeah, I don't have a box. I just need some boxes. I need a box. I don't but need it, my box. So what just, what that, what you just triggered for me was there's a, a little situation happening right now. Ah. And I sent an email that basically said, This is my box. This is my understanding. <laughs> yeah. This is what my expectation is. And if I've been traveling a lot the last six weeks, and if I'm out, you know, if some other thing has happened, and, you know, I I own it. I've been out of the loop, so just bring me up to date, like fill in the blank. And you don't hear yourself secretly saying what an idiot you are to have said this other thing because clearly you're wrong. That's not what I was saying. I was really just saying. Absolutely not saying that. Here's what. Yes, the Right No, here's what I understand. Yes. Okay. This is what the information I have at this time. Yes. You. This is what's not okay. So yeah, what's (laughs) happening is I'm 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 hearing. Now I'm seeing why sometimes people react the way they do. This is good. Because they are interpreting me just laying out, here's the information I have, here's what I'm willing to do, and please tell me what, if I'm missing something, please tell me the parts of the story I don't have, because all I have is this part of the story, and that's really all I'm saying. I don't have any, any high emotion attached to it, it's just, for me, it's data. Yes. And, and and I want you to be clear about, based on this data, here's what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, sometimes when people are um, react to that mm-hmm. as, you know, who made her queen of the world. <laughs> it's just now coming to you that they might think that way. No, no, no. I'm saying when that happens. Right? Ah, yes. Because it happens. Yes. But when that happens and they're thinking who made her queen of the world, they're really reading a lot more. Yes. 
into what yes. into the data yes. because from their perspective, um, I'm either trying to shut them down or I'm trying to put myself above them like I'm in charge. I'm like, no, I'm in charge of me. That's why I want you to know this is what I'm doing because this is the information I have. Give me some new information. I'm happy to change what I'm doing. It's the emotion that is lacking in your data output. And the rest of us all, you know, are acting in emotion. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like, just the data. This is what it is. Yeah, it is. Very rarely. Um, every now and then, I'll... If I'm, if, I'm doing, no, if I'm doing an email or something like that, or even if I'm going to call somebody about something, mm-hmm. I often will say, okay, I, I actually will ask, is this coming from emotion? Is this coming from, mm-hmm. you know, are you grounded? And I will do a prayer. <laughs> and let's take a minute and ground you so that we can actually have an effective conversation. No, I mean, for me, I'll do that for me before I will make the phone call or before I send it to Oh, that makes me think of an interesting little tip that I learned in Al-Anon years ago. If I'm about to enter into what I perceive as could be conflict, to invite God to be the third in that conversation. And I do that even in my own head. I invite God to be the third of the two or three conversations in my head. And that is always kind of a, it, it's soothing and it brings it back to base level, camp level without me. Emotion. Well, that's about all the time we have left today to talk about conflict and how appropriate that we have We're conflict about the uh, definition of conflict. conflict. Yeah. Um, so um, that's it for this show <laughs> on Say Yes to Spirit. If you're listening, I just want to invite you to go to the show homepage and just scan some of the other topics and listen in and also look for the schedule for future and upcoming segments of Say Yes, yes to Spirit.